Hello, I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I am joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. And coming up on today's show, we have lots of exciting things. Hooray! It's Halloween this weekend. Sarah's a treat, or is it a trick? (laughs) Imogen and I will be having our tarot read here in the studio. And I mentioned a few podcasts ago that my dog had been misbehaving and a very nice lady got in touch with the solution. So we're going to be joined by animal behaviourist Laura Miller. And finally, the best-selling author of The Tattooist of Auschwitz, Heather Morris, will join us from Australia to talk to us about her latest book, Three Sisters. Imogen, Mm. how are you? A little bit tired, actually. Is it because it's half-term? It's half-term, and and yes. mm, Your um, progeny are at home. Oh, God, all of them, yes, and it's too much. Um, Yeah, you make it sound like there's about 20 of them. There's actually two. I know. (laughs) I'm just a terrible parent, is what I am. (laughs) I, just, I think we've all just had so much parenting. We've had a, a lifetime's parenting in the last two years. Yes, well, like, like that parental burnout we were talking about last week. Exactly, that's what I feel exactly. Like. I tell you what has been entertaining me this week, though. Oh, sliders. Uh, sliders, yes, which are hideous. My son has some. They're not oh, allowed to leave the house. They're disgusting. What is Rishi Sunak doing? I have no idea. Them? They're like the Crocs. Yes. Of the 2020s. Yes. And uh, they also appear to be incredibly expensive. Absurd. I mean, £90 for a pair of plastic flip-flops. Yes. I also don't like a man in a comfortable shoe. No. No. I I just think, I think they need to uh, be as uncomfortable as we are. Yes, ideally. (laughs) Yes. Now, I like them. Trainers are fine, but Mm. I just can't be doing with sliders. Also, they're, they're they're what drug dealers wear. Yes. Yes. When they're scootering around London. Was it the idea that you could run away exactly. from, from anyone wearing those? Um, the other thing that ha- has been entertaining me a lot is lots of people crying uh, salty tears over the f- that fact that there are not many male writers anymore. <laughs> did you see that? I did, it's yes. Just being, like, it's absurd. So they were going, You've had all the literature for the last two million years. Yes. So can you not just let someone else have a go? Yes. And so... Uh, you know, the idea that you know, 80% of fiction is bought by women anyway, and men refuse to read books that are written by women. Yeah, because we've got pink brains. Yes, obviously. So who's been complaining about this? Uh, I, well, that's what is so it sort of Martin Amis? No, it's not Martin Amis. You'd have thought that he, yeah. he might have some flesh in the game, as they say. <laughs> no, no, it's been a, 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 a literary agents have been oh. talking about how publishing is essentially a female art form now. And But isn't that because they're just also woke? And so they won't publish any white males anymore. Well, that is also true. I mean, I think if you're a white middle-aged man, you've got about as much chance of getting a book published as, you know, a fish. Yes, that is also true. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, but also it is the idea that uh, young men don't read. Mm. So, uh, can, they, can they read? I don't no, know. No, no. But I mean, so, so <laughs> women apparently read, young women read, but men... And they listen to, to audibles as yes. well they listen to book, they listen, listen to audiobooks they yeah. do no they do my daughter reads which yeah. is really weird yes exactly but also but the the young boys don't no. so they they're not creating any right male writers for the future yeah i mean they 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 their sort of books are computer games exactly exactly but anyway so i d- i was slightly laughing and also the idea that that uh, there aren't any male writers is simply not true no, because if you look at the true. bestseller list at the men. moment yeah. it's basically got Geoffrey Archer Richard Osmond yes. um um 
you know, I mean, it's absolutely ramp-packed. I think it's seven. But it's seven. all non-fiction, isn't it? And I suppose Jeffrey Archer is not. No, 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 no. There's a novelist. Yeah. No, a John Le Carre. I mean, you know, it's. You, I could go on. Yeah. The, also, the other thing which also made me laugh was the, apparently the main reason why men are not writing novels anymore is because there's not enough money in it. Oh. So they're now all becoming scriptwriters. Right, because that's where the that's where the moolah is. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so it's know. just us. Dumb old women <laughs> typing away. <laughs> Tip tap tipping away. Yes. Now, Heather Morris is a former pro athlete, originally from New Zealand, now living in Australia. And in 2003, after enrolling on a script writing course, she was introduced to Lali Sokolov, a Holocaust survivor. Heather originally wrote Lali's story as a screenplay before changing it to the novel The Tattooist of Auschwitz. It tells Lally's experience of living through the Holocaust as a prisoner in a privileged position, tattooing fellow inmates at Auschwitz and the love that he found there. Heather followed the tattooist of Auschwitz with the Silka's journey, another story from uh, the camp, this time focusing on the experience of women. And Silka was featured in the first book as told by Lally. Heather's third book in the series, published uh, on the 14th of October, Three Sisters, tells the story of siblings who are separated and then reunited in Auschwitz and their promise to one another to survive. Gosh, Heather, that's quite a body of work. Not bad for an old chook, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what was your pro athlete, just out of interest? What, what did you... What, what, what? It was throwing. Um, throwing. And it was at a in master's you know, discus shot put hammer. Oh, OK. Javelin. Yeah. Javelin, which ended up yeah, buggering up my shoulder on. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm quite good at throwing things, mostly plates. <laughs> mostly a tantrum. Mostly tantrums, yes. Um, but this is a totally, so complete bout turn mm-hmm. and incredible sort of, so, so a trilogy really and quite a hard subject. Yes, look, it was never intended to be a trilogy because I, I never knew about the sisters when I wrote Lully's yeah. story. Mm. I never knew whether or not the publishers would ask me to tell Silka's story. I only had one book deal with them. Mm. It has uh, turned out that way, but I hope I've written them all so that they stand alone. How did you meet Lally in the first place? A cup of coffee was a girlfriend who said to me, I have a friend whose mother has just died. His father has asked him to find somebody he can tell a story to. Mm. That person can't be Jewish. You're mm. not Jewish. Do you want to meet him? Why couldn't the person be Jewish? Uh, Lally was very clear on that. Mm. To him, there could not be a Jewish person alive who was not affected by the Holocaust, right. but have their own family backstory. Mm. But your process was extraordinary because um, didn't you go and you met him on a weekly basis for about three years, is that right? And then you, and then you interviewed him, but you never recorded the interviews or you just re- had to memorise them, didn't you? Yeah, I don't call it interviewing, actually, because yeah. I've never had any training. You, you folks, you're the interviewers. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. What I did was I just sat and listened to him. Mm. And when you sit and listen and you're not recording, even that would have been a distraction, mm. you're not taking notes, then you actually not only hear the words, you see the words as they're spoken, and you see the emotion behind them. You interpret the body language mm. as you're being told these stories. And you then get the story because you get all the nuances behind the words. Yes, and the important bits stand out if you're not writing them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the sort of, if you're writing everything down in detail, then you just have almost too much information. And in fact, sometimes you just... You it's, just yeah, it's just better to actually listen. Yes, and listen to what... Yes. So you're th- how did you come across The Three Sisters? Um, did, was that... Because all of your books seem to be, have some sort of serendipitous bit of chance behind them in some sort of odd way that you get... It's like the baton has been passed from one person to the other. 
tell us how you came about Silka's journey and also then on to the three sisters. Well, Silka's story I told because Luddy made me promise so many times that I would tell it. Mm. Only after I told his, mind you, he would say and wag his finger at me. <laughs> um, you tell my story first and then you tell the world about Silka, the mm. bravest person I ever knew. Now, I had to, of course, then pepper her into his story and hope that what did happen, namely readers, connected with me and with the publishers saying, tell me about Silka. I need to know more about Silka. Mm. And so I was then asked to now write her story. And you're and for, quite for right. For our listeners who haven't read the book, who was, who was Silke and what was her story? Silke was a young 16-year-old girl taken into Auschwitz-Birkenau in um, March 1942. Mm. She survived there by being made the, the love object, the sex object, whatever phrase you want to call it. It certainly wasn't willing on her part, but she survived by what I say, being raped by the Commandant of Birkenau. Mm. And she was subsequently then sentenced to 10 years in a Siberian gulag for collaborating with the enemy. God. Mm. Gosh. Um, that's, that, that, that did obviously extremely well, as the same as the other books. And then you went yes. on to do The Three Sisters. Tell me, how did you discover The Three Sisters? They discovered me. I love it. I was um, I was in South Africa at a, a book review, no, a book festival there, and I read an email one night about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, where I was was the wine region of South Africa, just out of Cape Town. Came back from indulging in some very nice wines at about one or two in the morning. <laughs> read an email from a man who lives in Toronto in Canada. And he wrote to me telling me he'd picked up the Tattooist of Auschwitz, which in Canada has the same cover as Australia. It's different to what you have. It simply is a black black background, two arms, a man and a woman's coming from the elbow to the hands holding and the numbers of Lali and Gita mm. marked on them. He took that book to visit his mother in Tel Aviv, left it on her coffee table. She walked past, glanced down at the book and said to him, that must be about Lali and Gita. And he said, how can you possibly know that? She said, look at the number on the arm of the girl. Now look at the number on my arm. They're three apart. Your auntie Sibby's was two apart. We went to school with Gita. We were on the train going to Auschwitz with Gita. We were in the same block as Gita. And that was the email I read at two o'clock in the morning in South Africa. And how did you react to that? Did you, what was, did you think, you know, I mean, that's quite something to get at two o'clock in the morning. Having had some wine. Yeah, I yeah. didn't sleep. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Yeah. Two or three emails uh, went b between us over the next, oh, I suppose, 48 hours. Mm. Then I was um, asked if I could t speak to his mum. She wanted to talk to me. Mm. So I rang her and I spoke to 93-year-old Livy. In Tel Aviv. In Tel Aviv. And mm. I was, I think, in Cape Town or somewhere at that stage. She said to me, there's so much I want to tell you about Lily and Gita mm. and my story with them, but I don't like talking on the telephone. And I said, okay, well, I'll arrange to come and see you. Mm. She said, yes, please, but you have to hurry. I'm 93. Mm. So I did not return to Melbourne. About mm. four days later, I flew from Johannesburg straight to Tel Aviv mm. into the apartment and into the arms of Livy and her family. And the rest of the families, these incredible Malice sisters, now have four generations all living together mm. in Israel. Gosh, it's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It's quite, <laughs> it's, yes, it's quite something. I mean, I just, I find the whole 
story of the Jews very moving and mm. very mm. Um, difficult to cope with. Mm. And um, the idea that you're, as she said, she's 93. I mean, that, that generation... She's 95 now. 95, Gosh. That generation <laughs> will be gone soon. Yes. And, and, and with them, the memories. And mm. so what you're doing is incredibly important in terms of just keeping that that reality of what happened to those people alive, mm. I think. Mm. Can I just get, to, for the listeners, what's your Instagram? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, I imagine it's, uh, I'm, I personally don't run it, and I can't put anything on it, but I can look at it. It'll be, it'll be Heather Morris author, I think. Um, gosh, now you've got me. Heather Morris author. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, well, that sounds Heather. about right, doesn't it? That sounds yeah, it is. Right. Heather Morris author. Look, I just had a little look on it. Okay. How about that? Yes. yes. It does what it says on the tin, Heather, yeah. which is what you want, isn't it? Um, oh, well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to us. And I, it's out, it's out now, isn't it? It's been out nearly two weeks. Yes. yes. Okay, brilliant. Yes, it is. Thank you, Heather. My pleasure. That was author Heather Morris, and her latest book, Three Sisters, is available now. Now, last week on the podcast, I mentioned that my dog Snowy had, for reasons best known to himself, decided to pee all over my sofa. And I joked that he was off to the dog pound, which of course he's not, because I love him and I would never do that. In any case, a nice lady contacted me, Laura Miller, sent me a lovely email saying, please don't send to your dog to the dog pound. I can help resolve the issue. And so I thought, well, we'll get her on. So um, Laura is joining us now to help reform the irreformable Snowy. I was intrigued by your email um, about Snowy. So he was he's... I guess it's a problem that lots of people have with their dogs, which is that when they're cross with them, they do a pee somewhere they know that they don't want them to do a pee. In the case in my in the, in the case of my dog, it's the sofa usually because he knows that's where I sit. Mm-hmm. What can I do? What can I do to stop him from doing this? <laughs> okay, well, um, just to give your guests a little bit of a background on me, I have a slightly different approach from yeah. a straight up behaviorist because I'm an animal communicator, so. What we do a little bit differently is get inside and take the animal's side so, <laughs> um, and understand where they're coming from and their perspective. Yeah. But what I can say, you know, without doing a whole session for Snowy and would be really beneficial for everyone in, in general is that often our animals will act out given the media that they have to act out with mm. when the household is under stress or their, their guardian is under stress. And what I want to say about that is um, dogs in particular are profoundly empathic. And so they're going to pick up on all of the emotions swimming around in the household and just small physical cues mm. that we don't even um, are always aware of, like our stress hormones. Mm because they can smell those. So really helpful for everyone is to take a moment with yourself and to slow down and to ask yourself, and this goes for everyone when we get amped up and accelerated, what am I, what am I feeling right now? What's swimming around the atmosphere around me? And then to sit quietly once you pull your feelings back into yourself to hear, to hear your dog. And that's Mm. the, that's the animal communication part is to get so quiet that you can actually listen (laughs) to them. Most of the time when I hear Snowy, he's snoring. Right. But no, I mean, not audibly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sarah. Not audibly. You mean you mean you mean in a sort not of audibly. <laughs> he does yeah, snore like very loudly. Get, yeah, to get so quiet that you quiet your brain down so that anything and and you express your willingness to hear from them. Right. And what I say is, you know, things that pop into your mind in those moments are often significant. Yeah. Because, you know, um, things, phenomena that the animal is telegraphing to you. And those can actually be significant clues as to what they need. Yeah. What we, what we, what we need to do in those moments is to, just to slow down the acceleration of the whirlwind of everything that's going on around us. Mm. And sometimes our willingness to hear our animal, that will shift the energy around the situation because it shows, it, re, it reminds them that you're there for them and you're their stable center. See, that's very different from what I've always been told when it comes to dog training, which is that you've basically got to, you know, use treats and uh, reward good behavior and, you know, not yeah. bad behavior. And so what you're saying is that him peeing on the sofa is not bad behavior. It's not him. It's not him just not bothering to go outside for a week. He's trying to communicate with me in some way. And that's the best way he can. That's his me. His, his, yeah. His, yeah. So his we is his form of yeah. <laughs> his, his way of trying to speak to me. Unfortunately, it's a very unfortunate choice of um, medium. But yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Because he could. Yeah. Because he could be so just gathered up. And I'm ruling out medical condition and mm. everything I'm oh, talking about. Oh, no, no, he's about. fine. So no, he doesn't have anything wrong with him. Okay. No. So this is just basic, basic AC. Mm. If I were doing a session, and AC is what I, my shorthand for animal communication, mm. if I were doing a session with Snowy, I would get to a point where I would ask him, what are you experiencing when you choose that behavior? Mm. And in, instead of asking him, why did you pee on the sofa? Because sometimes it would even be hard for us to always explain why we do something yeah. <laughs> because sometimes we do things where we just act out or, or do something yeah. bizarre as humans. And later we say, well, why did I even do that? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So for, for an animal, um, you know, if, if you got quiet enough that you could ask him, you could do it and you just do it in your mind and you do it from a place of love, but you would ask, what are you experiencing when you choose that behavior but how can because i do that because he doesn't speak english no you it's, okay so that's the um ac dimension it's what comes into your mind so right. he's not going to speak through his mouth but the the whatever signs or signals or feelings come in through your mind or your emotions are are often significant because he's going to use and again, this is all telepathic, but he's going to use the tools that you have already in you to communicate with you. Okay. So, so he's going to use words that you know and you understand that pop into your mind as a phrase or okay. an image that you will understand. So you're asking me to mind meld with my dog. That is exactly what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> and you can do it because you love him. I think if I mind meld with Snowy, I'll just go into a world full of treats and chicken. You might do. <laughs> and that would be interesting information and, for you. And also having sex with random other dogs in the park. Those are, those are Snowy's main pursuits in life. Oh, well, well, one, one, thing, one thing to say and, um, is that dogs are mirrors for us. Yeah. 
And it's just part, part of the evolution of their species because they've become dogs yeah. around people. But they're not only just mirrors for us. They also have their own stories. It is fascinating. <laughs> they are fascinating animals. Anyway, thank you very much, Laura. I shall, thank, I shall let you know you how so I get much, on Laura. with my mind melt. So nice to talk to you. Oh, yes, please. That was Laura Miller, animal behaviorist at Obest Beloved Animal Communications. You're listening to the Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus or me at Westminster Wag. And finally, as it's Halloween this weekend, and because myself and Imogen love all things witchy and cosmic, we've decided to have our tarot read. Avril Price is a tarot consultant and coach at the London College of Psychics, and she is here with us in the studio, cards at the ready. Oh, it's exciting. Looking forward to this. Fun. I love off the hoof. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm just been, I've been shuffling really ineptly. So look, with your left hand, which yes. is your heart hand, the yes. hand of your intuition, split the deck into three. Sorry. I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. There's no mistakes. One. Two, three. And oh. then uh, restack the deck any old hat. Okay. Fabulous. Hand them over. Right, I'm handing them back to Avril. We now have them oh. shuffled. We now have our life in sync. Oh, my goodness. God. So, really, tarot <laughs> it's readings take more than that. <laughs> are, to, are about telling you your story, and this gives you the opportunity to step back and get some clarity. Okay. Now, look, first of all, do you just want me to see what's generally happening in yes. your life? Yes. Yes, okay, so there's nothing specific that you want me to look at? Um, nothing I can mention right. on the radio. <laughs> Ooh, intriguing. Yes, well, let's just see. Just a general sense of, mm. of where things are going in the next So year. if you literally want to fling three at me. Okay, one, two, and three. Okie dokie. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Okay. So, let's have a look at these three cards. I always get that so, middle one. What have you got there, anyway? Okay, so we've got the King of Pentacles, mm. we have the Five of Pentacles, mm. and we have the Nine of Cups. Oh. So, a bit of a mixed bag. So, the King of Pentacles... So, Sarah, I feel I want to talk to you about your health to start with. Right. I feel as though that there's nothing serious, mm. nothing to write home about, but I do feel that we need to watch things. Right. Because I get the sense that we're a bit below par. Maybe yes. we've been overdoing it a bit. We're feeling as though we're in a, uh, lacking a bit. So a bit of an MOT might be really useful at this yes. stage. Yes. Because, you know, we're, we're dragging our heels a bit. So particularly with the winter months ahead, I think we need a bit of a pep in the step. Some vitamin D. Absolutely. Okay. I'll take my vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And... I feel as I'm drawn to your career, if it's okay to talk about that, because yeah. I get the sense that you've got some ideas, you're wanting to really get much more grounded and much more... You, I think you're putting some feelers out there in mm. how you can stabilise your business, your mm. career. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got some projects that you require a little bit more money for. Mm. And it's like, okay, where am I going to rustle up the dough? <laughs> So it's maybe about getting some of these projects off the ground. Yeah. But it's proving challenging because I get the sense that you're not quite on the ball with it. 
I feel that you're feeling a little... <laughs> Don't laugh. Everyone's laughing, which is rude. She's never on the ball. <laughs> but I, I, I do feel that, that you're feeling a little bit isolated here. Yes. We're feeling a little bit, not ostracised, that's too much of a strong word, but it's like we're skating around the edge a little mm. bit. And then may it, it's proving more challenging than we mm. first anticipated, possibly. Yes. Um, it's really important that we don't emotionally start, you know, linking into this. I think it's about being really super practical mm -hmm. at this stage. Come up with the plan. Mm -hmm. Because I really do get the sense that if we get the plan right and we hit it, you know, using a, the intellect, we'll get to where we need to be. Good. So it's about being really super grounded mm -hmm. at the moment. And randomly, bizarrely, I'm seeing you travelling. Are you thinking about doing mountaineering or... I know, I'd like, yes, no, I am thinking about doing some travelling, but... Are but, you? Mm. <laughs> but but I, not but, quite yet. But I, but I feel as though it's, it's really off-the-wall travel, like, you know, almost like sledging across the, the snow packs or something. I've been talking know. to my daughter about getting travelling with her on her gap here. Oh, have you? Yeah, I did not know that. Mm. I've seen Kilimanjaro here. And God, Kilimanjaro sounds no. a bit like a bit of a tall order, but yeah. But, but I, I just feel... I think <laughs> she can barely see, make the stairs, Avril. I can barely make the stairs, Avril, that's true. <laughs> but I do feel as though there's some adventures here yeah. for you. Okay, that would be good. Adventures would be nice, yeah. And, you know, we've got the Nine of Cups. Now everybody goes, oh, yay, wish card, woohoo! Is it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not familiar. But... I think what I've got to say to you is be careful what you wish for because right. you just might get it. Okay. What is the Nine of Clubs? I mean, he's got a very jaunty little stripy outfit on and a funny hat. Well, funny enough, I've just discovered that this is actually false stuff. Oh, is it? Yes, it is indeed. Okay. And do you know he's he's been drinking old sack? <laughs> he's apparently. sitting there fatly, yes. enjoying himself. Mm. Indeed. Yes. But so he's he's in his cups. Yes, literally in his cups. There's nine of them. So I feel that, you know, this is about you. You will be able to manifest all that you've got going on, mm. these little ideas, all these projects, mm. all these things that you want to happen. They will come together because you've got your ducks in a row at the moment and you've got people around you who will support you and help you mm. and you'll be able to crack along with, mm. with some of these ideas. But don't take it for granted. No. I think that, you know, effort and energy always rewards. Mm. But there's a sense of that, you know, we're not entitled to anything. No. We, nothing comes by... Um, no, I do have quite a very strong sense of that, actually. Then, or we'll be well, then, it would <laughs> seem so. No, yeah. I do, uh, do you think? That's exciting. Well, I think we'd better choose another so, one. Oh. Another card. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's, let's. I, I'm just terrified it's going to be that awful tower. It's going to be the tower again. It's going to be the tower again. And just, just relax. Oh, hello. Oh, there we've got the Wheel of Fortune. So you see how it's beginning to fit together yeah. here because we like the Wheel of Fortune. Do we? It's got we lots do. of cherubs in it. Are they cherubs? No, it's the four Gospels. Oh, it's, it's the four it's Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <laughs> you know, maybe they're standing around your bed guarding you, <laughs> making sure that no ill falls on you. But, um, no, seriously, the, the, the Wheel of Fortune, it's showing that there are vast improvements ahead. Oh, thank God for that. But we've got to let the wheel turn. I think you're coming out mm. of what's been quite a challenging phase. Yes. There's bits and pieces going on which yes. you rather didn't. Yes. Um, Mainly getting divorced. <laughs> that, that That's definitely challenging. That is quite but challenging. you know, the Wheel of Fortune is going, I think it's probably a very okay. good thing. Yes, I think it <laughs> you're getting your karma straight. Yes. yes. And you're getting back on track. 
but as, in actual fact, the message from the Wheel of Fortune can be really quite powerful because it's saying, yes, OK, the universe does have your back. The universe loves you. Whoopee. But you've got to be a master of your own destiny. Yes. You can't leave anything to fate or chance. No. Otherwise, you become a victim of fate. Yes. So it's about what's your vision? What's your goal? Let's steer our ship towards that. And if, if, we, if we roll with the punches and go with the tide, then it's very likely good. that we can enjoy a thoroughly good outcome. Well, that would be nice. I'd like a thoroughly good outcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Avril. You're very welcome. Oh, that's very interesting. Imogen, mm. your turn. Let's use a different deck. Oh, a different deck. Let's oh, use a different what, deck. what deck do I get? I you it's better. Get the I didn't get any staves, which is always bad, isn't it? To get no. staves. No. Not, nothing's bad, is it? No, nothing's no there's, bad. An, there's no such thing oh, as a look, bad you... card, only a bad reader. <laughs> Just making some sound effects. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. Okay. Right. Imogen. Okay, let's do this. I've been this. dying to read your cards for so long. Oh, you know. no, shush. You, no, they're, well, they're not going to be very exciting, guaranteed. Oh, here okay. you go. Oh, it's got oh. lots of men. Oh, goody. With swords. Yeah. Oh, dear. You see, look, already that looks shite. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. There's nothing like that. Only interesting. Mm. Are you researching something at the I'm moment? I'm always researching stuff, yes. Because I can see you on a, on a bit of a forensic trip here. Oh, right, OK. So, look, the, the Page of Swords is the card of the sophist. It's the one that thinks a lot and comes up with grand ideas and wants to research and mm. do investigations. I do lots stuff. of that, yes, in, so, when I'm not chatting to Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's research, they're chatting yes, to me. Yes. But I, I feel as though there's... The, there's something that you're investigating at the moment that's disturbing you a bit. It's not bringing you the peace or the clarity that you're looking for. Mm. There's something eluding you at the moment mm. that you can't quite put your finger on. You can't quite. You know it's there, but we can't quite see it. Right. And I also get the sense that you're also a bit hesitant about stepping further with this research in case we're poking a hornet's nest. Um. My sense is you've got to do it anyway. Right. Because we're being a bit over-defensive here, mm -hmm. um, which is no bad thing. We've got yeah, to protect it's ourselves. It's always a bit over-defensive. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she, the, the, the two of swords, she's got, a, she's got her swords over herself like this, like covering her chest, mm. which, you know, play your cards close to your chest is no bad thing and all of that. But I think sometimes we, we've got to allow ourselves a little bit of leeway and just let things happen a little right. bit at this stage. Enjoy the process a bit more. Exactly. Yes, yes. There's some rabbit holes to come, which might be quite interesting. Oh, OK, good. Yeah, I've got three books on the go, so... Oh, well, yeah. there you go. That explains yeah. it. <laughs> but I'm writing three but, you, the but you're followed by here that by the, the Four of Cups. So maybe one of these books you're feeling a little bit disconnected to. Mm. It's like you've maybe fallen out of love with it a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. That's the one I'm about to finish. Excellent. And it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, I'm a bit disconnected. Yes. I'm not sure what I like what's going on here. Exactly, yes. But it, it's almost like, I don't know if you're trying to find the ending and you're not sure quite exactly, how to right. round yes, it all up. Exactly, right, yes, you're right, yeah. But you're being told, look, the beauty is already there. It's in those pages. There's something really lovely oh. that's that's in this book that, that's, that's about to come out. Right. But we're just not 
quite seeing it because we're too busy looking at maybe other characters mm. or other people or too busy thinking about where the book may land when it's fully finished, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm. But I think that what you're looking for is a little bit closer to home right. and is stunningly gorgeous. Right. Thank you. So just keep, uh, just keep going. Do you want to another card? I got four, so you have to have four oh, too. goodness gracious me. I now want to do this all over again, obviously. Oh, whatever that is. It's justice! Woohoo! What does that mean? Oh, God. Oh, well, <laughs> there could be a number of things. Oh, dear. No, it's not. We're just as we like. Because I think it's asking you to keep things in balance. Mm. I, I feel as though we're teetering a little bit at the moment. We're, we're on a bit of a wobble, particularly when it comes to workload and perhaps paying attention to lots of different areas in our life. Tell me, is one of these books about justice or being or justice being done in the world in a in a wider sense? Mm-mm. No. Because it's, it's almost... I, I, I keep hearing the word fairness here, that things have to be done fairly and with impartiality. Oh, okay. Maybe that's my divorce. Yes, that could be your divorce. Getting in the way. <laughs> Maybe Sarah is going to inspire you for oh. your next book. Oh, that'd be exciting. Maybe we're going to get married. Oh, at oh. last. Thank God. <laughs> I can just imagine it. Jumping the broom <laughs> with a hand-fasting session. <laughs> that's a very good idea. But I, th- I think that, y- you know, when it comes to... Uh, keeping things in balance, keeping things in perspective. I think the Justice card is reminding you to to keep things on track a little bit here. Mm. If there's anything to do with accountancy uh, with regarding to law or conveyancing or something of that nature, it's kind of saying it's going to work out in your favour. So if there's been some niggles about, "Mm, not sure about this, perhaps if there's been some property issues or something of that nature... Mm then I, I feel as though you're going to reclaim something. So it basically means I'm going to get some money. But, yes. b- but not from a source that you thought. Oh, good. That's exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Perfect. Well, thank you, Avril. You're very welcome. That was fascinating. I mean, I think it's quite nice for people to experience the process. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I think people are quite like scared two of decks. tarot. And I think having Avril here yes. doing it in such a lovely way is, is just is brilliant. I mean... Why did you bring two decks? Um, well, what happens is that sometimes if we use the same deck, it could be a continuation yes. of somebody else's reading. Mm. Yes. So I wanted to make sure that... Yeah, those are two very each, different readings, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that each of you had your own mm. unique mm. mini reading. And the whole point of the tarot is not to tell you what your future is. It's to kind of point you in the right direction, really, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It gives you an idea of where the influences and the trends that are operating in your life at the moment, where they're likely to lead you. Because a good tarot reader shouldn't really tell you what to do, Mm. although it has been known, I have to tell you. Yes. But it's about kind of giving you the opportunity to to get some clarity, to stand back, because we can't often see the wood for the trees. Mm. And so we can kind of, you know, get an overall observation sense of of, of things brilliant. brilliant well thank you very much Avril. it's been oh, lovely, it's my to pleasure. lovely to have you in i quite, well, I'd quite like to do a whole other reading now. i know <laughs> well it, thank you very much for inviting oh, me no, i've really great. enjoyed it thank you do you have a website Avril? yes i do what is it called it's uh www.avrilprice.com i love that that's very simple and easy and i'm uh, very easy to find good excellent
That was Avril Price, tarot consultant and coach at the London College of Psychics. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You've been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 